This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Thursday, October 5th, 2023. Not so long ago, the American dream was alive and well. Employees who worked hard were rewarded, and employers looked for people who could just do the job, not for people who had the right political views. Redballoon.work is a job site designed to get us back to what made American businesses successful. Free speech, hard work, and having fun. If you are a free speech employer who wants to hire employees who focus on their work and not identity politics, then post a job on Red Balloon. If you are an employee who is being censored at work or is being forced to comply with the current zeitgeist, post your resume on Red Balloon and look for a new job. Redballoon.work, the job site where free speech is still alive. Again, that is Red Balloon. Dot work. Now let's start with the news, and we start with climate change. Climate change has made rainstorms 20% wetter. The UK-based Guardian newspaper has made the remarkable assertion that rainstorms are 20% wetter than they used to be thanks to climate change. New York City's recent storm and accompanying flood show the unmistakable influence of the climate crisis, the Guardian contended on Monday, warning the city may not be prepared for the severe climate shocks. The type of storm seen on Friday is now 10 to 20% wetter than it would have been in previous century because of the climate change. That was the Guardian alleging it, citing a new rapid attribution study. The Guardian said that such a pounding rainfall is a symptom of a warming planet because a hotter atmosphere is able to hold more moisture. Curiously, at this time last year, the Guardian declared that droughts are at least 20 times more likely than without human-caused global heating. In Monday's article, the newspaper cited climate expert Tommaso Alberti, who said the rainstorm that hit New York was predictable and aligns with climate change projections. Human-driven climate change is the primary driver of major storms, which underscores the urgent need for climate mitigation and adaption efforts, Alberti argued. Michael Mann, who invented the thoroughly debunked hockey stick graph and has falsely presented himself as a Nobel Prize winner, agreed that the New York storm was clearly attributable to global warming. Quote, New York is experiencing a very clear increase in these extremes, more than two inches per hour rainfall events, and that's clearly tied to a warming atmosphere, he said. Rohit Arguala, the New York City Commissioner of Environment protection has also blamed the city's reprehensible response to the storm on climate change, a convenient if mendacious dog-ate-my-homework excuse. The sad reality is our climate is changing faster than our infrastructure can respond, he said. Daniel Zarilli, the former chief climate policy advisor to New York City, uttered similar lamentations. Quote, It's clear that our cities and our aging infrastructure were built for a climate that no longer exists, particularly as a warmed atmosphere holds and releases more water, he said. Reuters joined the climate change blame game as well, suggesting that New York City's flooding is just part of the new normal ushered in by global warming. From uh, the climate crisis to Trudeau, uh, Trudeau's internet censorship plan kicks off with government-operated streaming registry. Friday's announcement from the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, the CRTC, that online streaming services in Canada must register with government agency has sent a chill throughout independent media. Critics say it is the beginning of a broad registry of all online news media, even if the CRTC is currently maintaining that a $10 million 
$1,000 threshold exists for broadcasters before they must register. Previous CRTC vice chairman and former editor of the Calgary Herald posted Monday on X, quote, essentially and eventually it intends to regulate everything on the internet pretty much the way it regulates TV, radio, and cable. Say goodbye to free and open internet in Canada, end quote. Noted journalist Glenn Greenwald posted on X, the Canadian government armed with one of the world's most repressive online censorship schemes announces that all online streaming services that offer podcasts must formally register with the government to permit regulatory controls. In a news release, the CRTC announced that it is setting out which online streaming services need to provide information about their activities in Canada. Online streaming services that operate in Canada offer broadcasting content and earn $10 million or more in annual revenue. We will need to complete a registration form by November 28th of 2023. The declaration is part of the Trudeau government's Online Streaming Act, or Bill C-11, which was called a dangerous first step towards government control of the internet by Justice Center for Constitution Freedoms President John Carpe, who wrote that in the long run, the CRTC could end up regulating much of the content posted on major social media, even where the content is generated or uploaded by religious, political, and charitable nonprofits. However, reading further down in the news release, the CRTC uses ambiguous language and apparently contradicts its own guidelines by stating, quote, online services that offer podcasts must register. However, individuals who use social media to share podcasts do not. The CRTC has previously stated that individuals that host podcasts on their own websites or make them available on a subscription service platform other than social media services are not explicitly excluded from the Broadcasting Act under subsection 2.21. University of Ottawa law professor Michael Geist was quick to comprehensively comment on the CRTC announcement in an essay. Geist suggested that the government's plans are not as bad as critics would suggest, but not nearly as benign as the CRTC would have you believe. But Geist says the real danger of the CRTC's announcement is that the thin edge of the wedge with the registration requirement being the first step towards a far broader regulatory framework. In fact, the rationale for the CRTC to include many of the services is that without such information, it is not well positioned to regulate. This creates an obvious contradiction. The commission claims that the registration requirement is de minimis, requiring the disclosure of only limited information, but then also argues that such information is important to future decision-making on compliance with the Broadcasting Act objectives, he writes. The CRTC hints that a broad registry is in the works, that exempting online undertakings that provide new services from the requirement to register would prevent the commission from having an adequate understanding of the players providing such services. Without information about the online broadcasting undertakings involved in the Canadian broadcasting system, it would be much harder for the commission to develop policies aimed at implementing the above-noted policy objectives of the Broadcasting Act and conformed to the proposed direction. The CRTC says a third consultation is ongoing. It considers contributions traditional broadcasters and online streaming services will need to make to support Canadian and Indigenous content. The CRTC will hold a three-week public proceeding starting on November 20th, 2023, and will hear from 129 interveners representing a broad range of interests. 
Now moving on, Swiss writer who called journalist fat lesbian sentenced to 60 days in prison. LGBTQ groups applaud decision. A court in Switzerland sentenced a writer and commentator to 60 days in jail for calling a journalist a, quote, fat lesbian. And the decision is being lauded by LGBTQ plus groups. On Monday, French Swiss pulsimist Elaine Bonnet, who goes by Elaine Sorrell, was sentenced by the Lausanne court for the crimes of defamation, discrimination, and incitement to hatred after the criticized Catherine Mackerel, a journalist for Swiss newspapers Tribune de Genève, and 24 hours in a Facebook video two years ago. This court decision is an important moment for justice and rights of LGBTQI people in Switzerland. That was Muriel Weger, co-director of a lesbian activist group. The conviction of Elaine Sorrell is a strong signal that homophobic hatred cannot be tolerated in our society, end quote. In addition to the prison time, Sorrell was subsequently ordered to pay legal fees and fines totaling thousands of Swiss francs. Sorrell's sentencing came after he called Mackerel a fat lesbian lesbian, criticized her work as a queer activist, and said she was unhinged in a social media video, according to Swiss public broadcasters RTS. Pascal Junod, a lawyer for Sorrel, mockingly blasted the conviction for a crime of opinion in an email to the Associated Press. He said the case aimed to probe whether a person had sinned against the dogmas of single thought. Sorrel will appeal to Swiss federal court and, if necessary, to the European Court of Human Rights. This was according to his lawyer. In 2020, Swiss voters approved a measure that made it illegal to discriminate against people on the basis of sexual orientation. This conviction was not the first time Sorrell has gotten into trouble over his words, as he was previously and repeatedly convicted in France for denying the Holocaust, which is a crime in France. He was sentenced to jail that time in 2019 over the denials. And now it's time for my favorite topic, sports. Sports governing bodies scraps open category for trans athletes after no one signs up. The World Aquatics, the WA, the international water sports governing body, announced in a press release Tuesday that it is getting rid of its transgender open category for the 2023 World Cup since no athletes had decided to sign up. WA in August said it was opening a category for athletes to swim under the 50-meter and 100-meter distances, regardless of gender. After athletes failed to show, WA decided to scrap the category for the World Cup in Berlin, Germany from October 6th to October 8th, but noted that the open category working group would still consider reopening the division if demand increased in the future, according to a press release. The World Aquatics Open Category Working Group will continue its work and engagement with the aquatics community on open category events, the announcement reads. Even if there is no current demand at the elite level, the working group is still planning to look at the possibility of including open category races at Masters events in the future. WA originally planned to debut the Open category in July in Fukuoka, Japan during its congressional meeting, but later decided against it. The organization announced its new gender inclusion policy in 2022, which made it impossible to create the Open category for future competitions and required male athletes looking to compete in the female division to have transitioned and experienced no puberty symptoms before the age of 12, as well as maintaining regular testosterone levels below 2.5 nanomoles per liter. 
Quote, when World Aquatics instituted its policy on eligibility for the men's and women's competition categories, we committed to exploring the creation of an open category, World Aquatics President Hussein al-Musalim said, according to the press release. True to our word, our team of experts has diligently worked to make this a reality. I would like to thank all those who have helped World Aquatics to deliver this opportunity. Other sport governing bodies have opted to not allow transgender athletes to compete in divisions outside of their biological sex, such as the International Cycling Union, which announced in July that males who had transitioned after puberty could not compete in the female category. The International Angling Sports Federation made a similar decision on September 29th after England's team said it would boycott the world championship if men were allowed to compete with women. And that is your news for today. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a pub membership, a magazine subscription, or tickets to the Ark Encounter, head on over to FightLabFeast.com. And as always, if you want to send us a news story, if you want to ask about the Ark Encounter, or if you want to become a corporate partner of Cross-Politic, email me at Garrison at FightLabFeast.com. For Cross-Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.